Ah, oh, God is good. Um, I, I was going to read this morning from the Gospel of John. John 18. We, we are challenged in so many ways these days. Uh, and I, I've been... Um, Truth seems to uh, be in short supply and um, uh, defined as each person has decided they should define it. And, and that's a hard way for a community or a civilization to live. Everybody comes up with their own truth, subjective truth. <laughs> But we, we serve a God who says he is the truth. Yeah. And, and that is something that we can hang our hats on. Something that we can trust in completely. So I wanted to talk about truth just a little bit today. And, and there's a, a bit of an exchange that happens before Jesus uh, is crucified. It's kind of the opposite time of the year to be reading this, but uh, got to go with what I what I'm getting from God. So um, I'm going to read from John uh, 18, verse 33, to actually verse 38. So Pilate entered his headquarters, dun, 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 again, and called Jesus and said to him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. And just stop there for a second. We're going to pick it up in just a, just a moment. But there are a number of um, well-meaning churches that feel that they have to fight at this time. Fight for what they have and fight for the church. I, I don't see that that's a, a mandate for us. At this point, we're, we're, we're not being asked to bow before anybody else. We're not being mandated to, to worship anything else. It may come to that very shortly, but at this point, we're still able to make our, our choices. We have limited choices, but we're still able to make our choices. But his kingdom is not of this world. If it was, we'd be fighting right now for our survival. We have a higher kingdom. We have a higher call. We have something available to us through prayer that the rest of the world can't even dream about. God can change things in a heartbeat. And we move him through a prayer and our thanksgiving 
as we heard this morning, and our worship. So let's pick it up again. My servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. I think Jesus just said he was a king of my kingdom, but you interpret it the way you want. (laughs) You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. There it is. There's our word. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Now there's a loaded question. After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. Thank you, Lord. What is truth? Little kids turn to their parents looking for truth. Their parents tend to be purveyors of the truth. Excuse me just a second. There was a little, little guy who um, went to his parents, went to his mom, a little five-year-old, and asked her, Mom, where does poo come from? Being a good and honest mom, she provided a reasonably, reasonably simple, accurate response, but one that also included certain gastrointestinal functions. The child was stunned and perplexed and then asked, And Tigger too? <laughs> You got, you, you got to watch what you're assuming <laughs> when you're talking about the truth. <laughs> so this, this time of year, kids sometimes want to know, uh, is Santa real? <laughs> uh, and parents have to, have to be reasonable and, and give them good, truthful answers. Although we'd... Um, Some of us have wanted to (laughs) lie about that just to keep the good feeling going. But um, today's topic, today's word is truth. Parents try to be truthful with their kids, and kids believe their parents are the smartest in the world up until... Maybe they're seven or eight now. <laughs> I thought my dad knew everything till I was 12. And then, <laughs> then I thought, oh, no, this guy isn't very smart at all. My teachers know more than him. <laughs> then when I got to 20, I found that he knew more than I thought he did. Because <laughs> he was a wise man. What is truth? Hmm. What did I write here? Truth, truth... was asked of, of Jesus by Pontius Pilate. And you have to know that Pilate had been challenged that morning. His wife, um, Procula, 
had had a dream the night before. And she was troubled by the dream. And in the dream, um, the troubler was Jesus. And so she said, don't have anything to do with him. (laughs) Get away from this thing. Now, what, the way he chose to deal with that is to, in front of everybody, say, I wash my hands of this. But God often works through dreams. And it doesn't have to be people that, just his, his Christian people that, that get those dreams. Everybody gets them. And he speaks to them. He bypasses our brains <laughs> by speaking through dreams. He spoke to, um, what was her name? I forget it, not, not uh, Calpurnia. Calpurnia was Julius Caesar's wife. And she, the morning that Caesar went to, the, the, uh, to his death, <laughs> she'd had a dream the night before, much troubled, and, and, and saw that... Um, Caesar had been stabbed and that she was holding him as he died. But um, Brutus, his friend, talked him into going to the Senate. And at the Senate, of course, he was stabbed and died. Even his friend Brutus partook of it. Dreams are very important. And dreams, if you can interpret them properly, go right to the truth. They, they are actually quite amazing. And we've seen a number of people's lives changed because of dreams. <laughs> God works in, in lots of different ways. Hmm. So what is truth? There's no evidence that we have that Jesus responded to Pilate's question. We don't know what he would have said because it's not recorded for us. But the two were having an interchange at a, at a, a serious level. And you could say that this question is, is maybe the most important question to ask. What is truth? But it, it could be just as well um, uh, asked, why is truth, or why not truth? These are huge questions for us. Many of the big questions, like Pilate's, are philosophical. Like, what is reality? What is the meaning of life? And on and on they go. According to an ancient Chinese proverb, the one who asks a question remains a fool for five minutes, but he who does not ask remains a fool for life. Rather than remain a fool for life, it's better to ask questions, I think. Ask questions. God is not shy to answer. I find, personally, just as a, an aside, that he doesn't answer why for me very often. I keep getting this understanding that I will know in heaven. And what I sense from that is I won't care up there anymore. (laughs) Why is this happening to me, Lord? (laughs) Uh, Later. (laughs) 
Uh, so we, as Christians, we know the truth. We know the truth. It's embodied in our faith. We certainly wouldn't say that we don't know the truth, would we? So we must know the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? We know the truth. But what truth? There's a truth about justice. There's a truth about freedom, about love, happiness, life. But let's face it, the truth about these values is pliable in the hands of those of different life experiences. Everyone, it seems, has their own truth. And it is for that truth that they're willing to go on talk shows and yell and scream at each other. Ever seen some of those where they, <laughs> that's not the truth, you're lying, and they, <laughs> they go at each other. Everybody has their, their own truth, and, and, and sometimes it just isn't truth. They're just trying to cover up something. This happens because most people forget the distinction between truth as verifiable proof or verifiable facts and truth that is non-verifiable but eternal. Verities that form the basis of normal and ethical ideas. The problem with the first kind of truth, that is the truth that has, is verifiable facts, is that it requires human observation. This is truth. It requires our observation. We observe that water boils at 212 degrees and that apples are red or green or yellow, if you like transparent apples. These are true statements, but too often our observations are informed by many sociological factors that color how we interpret the facts or truths. We believe what we believe, whether we can verify it or not. C.S. Lewis notes that his truth about New York is completely different than the truth about New York from someone who lives there. C.S. Lewis at the time had not been to New York. He understood truths about New York, but somebody who lived in New York has a completely different set of truths, and it's about the same place. <laughs> what is truth? What is truth? People have their truths. They're going to believe what they believe. It can be pretty wild stuff sometimes. And, and so we, we see that, and we see it labeled sometimes. Um, um, conspiracy theories, they become truth to some people. Black helicopters, QAnon, uh, um, the government is acting in your best interests. Media tells the truth. Pharma, uh, big Pharma is there just for your own well-being and, and health. Those are, those are truths that are held by some people, but they're not verifiable. They, they seem apparent to some and completely truthful to others. 
And you can't, you can't dynamite people off of their beliefs. You can't, if somebody is believing that the government is acting altruistically and they have nothing but, hello, Carolyn, welcome. They have nothing but your best interest in mind and they want you healthy and, and uh, they want you, the kids are downstairs if you want to take the kids down there or they want to be up here. Okay. You guys are welcome. <laughs> you, can't, you can't move people from what they believe is the truth. That's one of the things that I, I noticed as we, as we evangelize. We, we tend to want to talk people into the kingdom talk people into believing in Jesus. But my experience is that if you can talk them into it, somebody else can talk them out of it just as easily. For, for Jesus, he is the truth. And an experience with Jesus will stay with someone forever. And you can't, you cannot move them off of that once, once they've had it. It is revelation. You're right, Pastor Bob. It is personal revelation that we, we get when we've experienced the presence and the power of the King of Kings. And he's able and ready to do that anytime. He's amazing in all of his ways. And he loves the people that we will be talking to. So we want to we introduce them to Jesus and then let Jesus do what he does best. Holy Spirit just moves in power and wonder. Mm, thank you, Lord. So, understanding truth as facts is why Hamas launches rockets at Israel and why Israel conducts airstrikes over Gaza. And they argue about who has the truth there. The, the people of Palestine believe that they are acting truthfully and that they're doing the right thing. But the people of Israel also believe that. Who has the truth? We can only turn to the truth to find that out. Because they, they all believe it with all of their hearts. It's an amazing thing. We believe that truth consists of the facts that we're holding in our hands. When nations believe in a conflicting aggregation of facts... They're sitting on a potential powder keg. It's true that on a smaller scale as well, so a person is sitting on something like that too. As someone noted, um, uh, Mencken, I think it was, H.L. Mencken, he was a, a, a writer, satirist at one, in the early part of the 19th century, or 20th century, sorry. He said, um, there's no more dangerous a person than one with a, calm assurance that he's in possession of the truth. Where I notice this happens a lot is um, you, you, may, you may notice around churches that there's a, a little bit of gossip just out in the parking lots as people are heading out. <laughs> but as, as a person hears something, the first thing that they hear becomes the truth to them, right? Right? And, and 
trying to move somebody away from that truth is very difficult. You can present all kinds of facts. You can, you can have it go to a court of law and, and have an independent judge decide what is right and what is wrong. And people still say, well, I know the truth. And they won't move away from it. Truth is such a uh, ethereal thing, you know. It's kind of hard to grab onto. <laughs> the truth in which Christians believe is articulated in Holy Scripture, however. It is not verifiable on an empirical sense unless you believe that faith is the sixth sense. Never thought of that? Some people actually believe that faith is a sixth sense. So we can, we can actually, the same way you can touch something, your faith can, can give you feedback and allow you to affect other things as well. So, the, you know, our five senses, our sight, our hearing, our smell, you know, that, those, those kind of things. Faith is the sixth sense. I don't know if that's true or not. I just want to be found faithful. It doesn't matter whether it's a sixth sense or not, but some believe it is. But um, what's his name? Luther said, um, "Sola fide." Uh, faith alone brings us through salvation. Faith alone. That allows us to grasp and belong to the truth about which Jesus is talking. The truth, simply put, is the truth about God, the truth of God, and that the truth, and that God is the truth. God is the truth. That sounds pretty fuzzy, I think, and pliable, like like. Uh, a Hallmark card on Valentine's Day. But it's not. And to get a handle on this truth about God, godly men and women have worked hard to, to put into word form eternal truths that will never change. And one of those ways that they did it was to come up with the Apostles' Creed. The credo as... as um, it's called in Latin, and it's, it starts, God, we believe, um, we, I believe, which, which is what creed means, I believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. If you, it goes on, but there are they're solid, foundational truths to what we believe. We can wrap ourselves in those things and, and be on solid ground. People have died for these truths in the creed. They establish us as truthful. Every time we recite the creed, we're simply affirming that we believe in the truth and that we know the truth and it's around that truth that we order our lives. But do we order our lives that way? 
Do we really order our lives around the truth and live it out on a day-to-day basis? Is this truth upon which we rest of the foundation of our lives. Jesus said to Pilate um, that, that his people know the truth. Pilate responded, what is truth? And Jesus said to him, for this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Do we know the truth? And do we make it the foundation stone of our lives? Do we belong to the truth that Jesus said? That if we belong to the truth, we listen to his voice. Do we really belong? What does it mean to belong to the truth? So I have four questions here. Do we belong to our truth or God's truth? Do we belong to our truth or God's truth? Many Christians belong to God's truth when they're in church one day a week. They recite the Lord's Prayer, they sing songs, praise and worship tunes, they give a few dollars at the the offering time, and they call it good. The rest of the week, they live according to their own truth. The rest of the week, they live the way they want. Now, none of us are that way. But people find themselves... um, um, living how they want to live and not following the truth six days a week. But because they come to church one day a week, they they believe that they're in God's truth. Well, we need to be really careful about that. For we find that we we, uh, drift from shore a lot more than we think we have. This world around us is, is deceitful. How much of it have we taken on? How much have we accepted as our truth and moved away from God's truth? So it's it's important for us to understand that there is a difference. That just because we go to church doesn't mean we're in truth. It just means we're going to church. (laughs) Right? Like... Going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Right? Just because you're here doesn't mean that you're in his truth. So the second question is similar. Do you belong to the truth? Or do we live and act as if the truth belongs to us? I came across a quote that said, How we answer that question will determine the choices that we make, the priorities that we establish, and the words that we speak, and the actions that we take. If we believe that the truth belongs to us, then we're truth shifters, those that shape the truth to make it 
that version of reality that we want or to justify ungodly and antisocial behavior. Here's, here's where I'm going with this. I've got two more questions, but, but it's about where we are in Christ. I think we're in a crisis time in history. Doesn't make me a genius, because you all believe that too, I'm sure. But in that, we need for people to be anchored solidly in the Word and not have uh, an easily shifted perspective of what truth is or who truth is. To not live the way that we want to live and adjust and shape the truth to fit what we want it to look like. This is a time when we need to know the truth. We need to hear the voice of the truth. The voice of Jesus. He, Jesus said that people that are in the truth hear his voice. We need to be able to do that wherever we are and not rely on what we think or what we want that to be. If you, if you don't know how to hear from God, come on to the front. Pastor Christine had an invitation for anybody that wanted to uh, speak in tongues, uh, um, have a heavenly language for, to come forward. But, but also, <laughs> you can come forward for this. To hear his voice. You can hear his voice. His voice is available many ways. The scriptures. As we were reading this morning, he was speaking to me. Again, like he, I, I, I'm sure he gave me a whole other sermon while we were reading from, from John 18. He just is talking all the time. And it's always, always truth that's verifiable through the word. It must, it must line up with the word. You must be able to find what it is that he's saying in the word. Not, not necessarily specific items. Like, God, I need to hear your voice on whether I should buy a, a Jeep or a Volt. Well, neither one of them's in there. I think. <laughs> But he might say to you, I will guide you and I will lead you. And you can have them both. If you can imagine. <laughs> because his voice guides us when we trust that. We don't have to make up our own rules as we go along. And have those rules change. We stay on a, on a safe track with him. And no matter what the winds are blowing around us, we are immovable. We know what will work. We know this God will provide for us. Doesn't look like it right now, but he will. We know that God is a healer. Doesn't look like that right now, but he is a healer. That's the truth. And we need to hang ourselves on that hook and know, know that we will get through because he is good and able to get us through. Okay, third question. I know you're just anxiously waiting for it, right? <laughs> 
Do we belong to the truth or do we live and act like the truth belongs to... I read that one, sorry. To whom do you listen is the third one. To whom do you listen? Jesus said, those who belong to the truth listen to his voice. Sort of like the sheep that knows the voice of the shepherd from John 10. Or a child who can distinguish the voice of his mother in a crowd of women. You know your mom's voice. And when you're in Christ, you know his voice. You can hear it. You can hear it in the most crowded room. All it requires is that you pay attention to it, not override it. Because <laughs> his love will always shine through. He has something for us in every situation. To whom do you listen? When we make ourselves custodians of the truth, when we believe that the truth belongs to us, we listen to our own voice and the voices of those who we think, who think and act like us. We listen to the voice of our political parties or our country or our, region, our religion, our faction. We listen to the voice of our fear and insecurity. We listen to the voice of our prejudice and our individual need and desires, our experience. Those voices can get so loud that we, we do not heed the voice of, our, of the truth. We don't heed Jesus' voice. And, and we need to. In, in, in this time, we need to listen to him. To not assume that we know. Well, this is the way that worked before. Good. <laughs> but we don't live in history. We live now. And we need to know what he's saying now. The fourth and final one. We are seriously willing, to, uh, are we seriously willing to conform our lifestyle and our behavior, ethics and values, etc. to the teachings of the Bible. It's not just about having a checkup every seven days. <laughs> Once a week we get a checkup. Are we willing to actually live our lives day to day, hour to hour, moment to moment, for Jesus Christ, the truth? For this is a time in the history of mankind when truth is batted around like it's a, it's a baseball at a kid's park. It gets, it gets tossed and, and thrown and hit in so many ways that, that you can't grab it. But the truth of Jesus Christ and who he is and that he is the truth, you can grab and you can live your life plentifully with that. Now that the, the, the voices out there you can, you can decide who you want that voice to be, government or devil or whoever the enemy is. <laughs> Those voices would have you convinced that it has no value anymore, that, that he, God is dead, as Nietzsche would say. But you notice that Nietzsche is dead. 
and God is still alive. <laughs> Everybody has something to say, but at, at, the, at the memorial yesterday, we were talking about, or I was talking, I tend to do that, <laughs> about everybody having their, their own people that they listen to and people that are important to them. And, and they're the ones that make the decisions for us. We don't have to live that way. We can, we can live our lives trusting in Jesus Christ. He cares for us. He will make sure that we hear his voice. And, and if we don't hear his voice, he has that covered too. In his heart, man may plan his way, but God will guide his steps. God will guide us. One, you know, closed doors, open doors, blah, all that stuff. If we trust in him. And, and there it is. Our, our position in this horrid time of life where we're being, we're being tossed to and fro where we're being asked to do things that we really don't want to do where we're, we're having parts of life withheld from us because we don't believe that the people in authority in this world are telling us the truth but God will make it up to us God will see us through. God will help us in every single way. He loves each one of us deeply. And he, and he wants us to be in relationship with Him. He wants us to live as a revelatory people. A people who live by the revelation of Jesus Christ alive today in relationship with us today. The truth is a person. Yeah. It's God Almighty in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's the way we need to live. Let's stand. Is there another truth that you would prefer to live by? I'd like to hear about it if I could. As most of the truths that people are, are living their lives by won't stand the test of time. Unlike the Bible, which has stood the test of time. The most powerful people in the history of mankind have tried to destroy the Bible. And yet it remains for us today. It's amazing. His word alive to us because he is the word. His truth alive to us because he is the truth. He's available to each of us. We do not have to go through this alone hoping that we make the right decision. Today is Faith Sunday in the Advent. If we will simply believe that he will get us through he'll work with us sola fide was luther's cry and 
Faith alone, faith alone will get us to salvation and faith in him will get us through whatever we need to get through. He's amazing. So let's pray. Dear wonderful Lord, thank you that you love each of us so, so immensely. You, you paid for relationship with each of us. And you have a plan and a process for us and for our households as well, for those children and grandchildren and uh, those that we, we come in contact with in our spheres of influence. You have a plan that is good and you want to see us through. Lord, we, many of us don't trust the the truths that we hear from our, from our leaders. Would you give us discernment to hear what is right and what is truth? And give us the ability to walk with you through all of this. Sometimes it feels very lonely, Lord, to be honest, to, to go through this time Oh, what's the right decision? What is the right thing to do? Who should I believe? Well, we can believe you. And that is not just the start, but that's the finish of the equation. The alpha and the omega, if we use the Greek alphabet like the governments want to. Lord, um, we pray that each one here would be protected from just as I'm thinking about that, from Omicron and Delta and uh, all of these Greek alphabet letters that they seem to want to foist upon us. I pray your protection upon each one. And Lord, that we would, we would begin to move in what you've called us to move in, that we would have faith to pray that people would be healthy, and whole, that they would be healed of whatever is ailing them, including COVID. For you are totally able. And we, Lord, are willing. So would you, would you put the two of those together and have us move in the manifest power of our Lord Jesus Christ to do greater things than even you did, Lord. For that was your promise to us. I pray wisdom and bravery for each one here. Bravery to listen to you and to follow the truth who is you alone, Lord. We bless you that we can be your people. And we bless you that truth can be known in the person of Jesus Christ. Thank you for this time. I pray your blessings upon everyone here and at home. That you would that you would bring prosperity, healing, break the chains that bind, have people uh, reconciled to their family as we saw yesterday at a meeting. You're able to, in a heartbeat, change everything. And so we trust in you 
And we're here to be with you in this time and this season in Jesus' lovely name. Amen.